Hi everyone, my name is Colin and thank you for tuning in to the second episode of Deep End Life After Uni. Today I'm very excited to have Shanti, a McDonald's franchise owner, joining me today for this episode. My name is Shanti Sivaraj, I come from Sri Lanka and I was a migrant, skilled migrant in 1988. Uh-huh. Thank you for that. Could you please tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are now? Well, uh, it's a long story. Um, we have time. <laughs> I migrated 88 and before that I was working in the hotel trade, yep. hotelier, joined as a room boy and progressed uh, to a management level. Mm-hmm. Then I joined the hotel school, graduated myself. It's the best catering school in Sri Lanka then. What, what's a hotel school? Um, hotel school is they teach you hospitality okay. from cutlery, crockery. Unfortunately, yeah, the kids don't even know those ethics. Mm-hmm. Um, they teach from top to bottom how to dress, how to groom. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you sit in the table, what you do. So that school was pretty uh, uh, discipline, heavy discipline. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the hotel school I attended. Mm-hmm and did all my four courses, you know, housekeeping, reception, cookery and restaurant. Then I always loved the front beat, end up as a food and beverage. Yeah. So why did you go into the hotel business in the first place? I didn't have any choice. When you don't go to uni and qualify, uh, if you're not a graduate, Mm -hmm. there's no jobs there. So hoteliering was a very um, latest trend at that time, 70s in Sri Lanka, all Mm -hmm. the tourists coming and parents never liked it. They don't yeah. want you to wash plates and carry plates and yeah. serve people. Is there any reason why you didn't go to university? Uh, I, was, I was not a very bright student. Yeah. Also, I didn't study. And besides that, money. So money was an issue. You can't go to uh, tuition classes or mm-hmm. um, that sort of stuff. So I was in a bad group. Yeah. How long were you in the hotel business before you moved away from Sri Lanka? Uh, at least uh, 15 years or more because I didn't stop in Sri Lanka. I worked in Middle Eastern countries, yeah. uh, Ilton, Intercon, Sheraton, um, that sort of hotel. I got my training there in Dubai, Abu Dhabi, okay, yeah. Cyprus, then yeah. come back to Sri Lanka again, finish my intermediate and advanced courses. Oh, so is there any reason why you moved to Australia? Yes, I always had a goal that I want to go to a better country. Yep. Middle East was good. You can't get a citizen there. So I was targeting to go to Switzerland. Mm-hmm. That was one of the highly graded um, hospitality schools and hotels. Mm-hmm. So I applied. I was doing that. I still tell people I couldn't spell end up in Australia, not mm-hmm. Austria. Mm-hmm. So... Um, yeah, but I don't look back. Australia is much better for me. The future is good here. Yeah. Why did you and how did you move into the McDonald's franchising area? Interesting. It's um, when I came here, I worked for a couple of hotels mm-hmm. as a maitre d' supervisor, and I had two problems. One was understanding Aussie language. Yeah. Well, seriously, I yeah. spoke French, German, Arabic, a lot of other stuff. Yeah. But every interview they asked me, do you speak Aussie? I said, no. So I got rejected. That was happening. Then I worked in two hotels, not happy. Mm-hmm. And the discipline is not there. The, the service standards were so low, which yeah. I studied. 
then I saw an advertisement in the paper, trainee managers or trainees, mm -hmm. McDonald's. Yeah. Never know Macca's then. Yeah. I've studied in my books, fast food. Yeah. So I went there, they were so impressed with my resume, they ran around, they hired me for $18,000. They got a bargain there. Yeah. So I agreed, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agreed to work. That's how I started. Actually, I, I tell everybody, it's, we call MBA. Mm -hmm. uh, MBA is in your language is a big study, yeah, right? business degree. Yeah, yeah, we call it uh, millionaire by accident. <laughs> MBA, that's uh, yeah. something people say. So accidentally I went in. I never planned to go and stay in Macca's for so long. Yeah. I went there for two months, then maybe I thought I can make some money and get back to my own mm. hoteliering or whatever. Yeah. Never happened because these companies are good. Yeah. System is systemized. Uh, still I'm with them. So you, you started off in the managing area in McDonald's, right? Mm -hmm. And so how long did it take before you climbed the... Not really a managerial, though they call it a trainee manager, you're like a crew trainee, yeah. you're wiping, cleaning, yeah. uh, maintenance, they, they have a book called MDP1, it's called BOC, Basic Operations Course. Mm -hmm. So I went through, it was very exciting for me because never done. Yeah. And everything is done fast, fast. Mm -hmm. And I was only 28 and the crew called me, I'm very old then. Yeah. Because anyone over 20, 23, 24, they thought these guys are too old yeah. because the young ones are so fast. Mm -hmm. So I have to go through that, learn everything from the crew. Mm -hmm. Then I became a manager, shift manager. Yeah. Then progressed. So how was that progression like? So you went from <coughs> shift manager to... Uh, a shift manager, you call it second assistant, no, trainee manager to second assistant, mm -hmm. then first assistant. Yeah. Uh, first assistant is like an ARM, assistant restaurant manager. Uh -huh then RM or business manager. Yeah. So I moved there, then I got promoted to operations consultant in CBD, Melbourne CBD, I looked after six, seven stores. For McDonald's, right? Yeah, yeah. corporation. I worked for the corporation yeah. right through. Yeah. Um, working there, then the opportunity strike again. Mm -hmm. By that time, I was doing a lot of self-development yeah. um, to get somewhere and I want to make it happen. So what I did was, I got an opportunity to go to Sri Lanka, mm -hmm. open Sri Lanka McDonald's, first one. First one in Sri Lanka? First Sri Lanka McDonald's. Yeah. So that was a, a lot of people applied for that from England, America, and yeah. everyone was a Sri Lankan blood, yeah. but they want to come back. Mm -hmm. uh, I, got, I got selected and I went there, opened the first one. That was a tough job, you know, yeah. you're interacting with the Indians, 100 Indians, uh, Sri Lankans. Yeah and I took some Australian staff. That, that was my confident cushion. Yeah. Um, they know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's how we opened the first one in 1998, October. Uh, yeah, yeah, in Sri Lanka. Yeah. And a lot of, a lot of people going oh, there yeah. to try the food. And they all, uh, the people who came to Sri Lanka McDonald's, or any McDonald's when they open in a new country, mm -hmm. not C class, all A class. It's not a cheap food for them, it's like a luxury. Oh, like okay. very fast yeah. food. Yeah, yeah. People were queuing up from 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm opening at 11 o'clock the shop. And we were forced to open at 10. So, yeah, yeah just to give business. you a picture. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how long was it from when you were a crew trainer to opening that first store in Sri Lanka? Uh -huh. Okay, that uh, took a while, I think, 88, 10 years. 10 years. 
how long did you run the Sri Lankan store before you, I guess, moved back to Australia? Three years I was there. My contract was one year yep. to open one and come back, but um, it was demanding and also that was my first home. Yeah. Yeah. So I stayed back, opened two restaurants, two high volume, and then we came back uh, to Melbourne again. Yeah. Then they put me as a franchise manager, like franchise consultant. Yeah. I was looking after 20, 30 franchise stores and yeah. you don't have any control with them, but still you're representing the corporation. Yeah. The standards and procedures and you mark them and you have inspections, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Then I was getting bored. Then another opportunity come in to go to Broome. Uh -huh. So that was my own store. Yeah. So we went to Broome. It took about 10 months to open the store. They didn't want us to open because it's a very controversial store. Yeah. Why did it take 10 months and why was it a controversial All store? Right. Yeah, Broome, two things they have there. Broome, uh, people don't want to grow. They don't like development. They don't like... Um, the signal red lights, they don't like McDonald's, they don't want to uh, develop. So, mm -hmm. Also, there were a group of greenies, they were fighting not to have Maccas. You know that McDonald's got the stigma, fast food, not good, that sort yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So 11th month, we opened the restaurant and it's sitting now five or six million dollar store now. Wow. When you first opened up, was there still a lot of business? No. No, it was very, very small. We were doing basically a million dollar business. Yeah. Million dollars, you can't survive in McDonald's. Yeah. You have to make minimum 2.5, 2.6 mil to break even. Is that a year or a month or? Uh, yearly, I'm talking. Yeah. 70 grand a week, you got to do. Yeah. So 3.5 million, you got to do to crack the profit profits. Yeah. So I was doing only 1 million. So yeah. Basically, no salary, no money. Mm -hmm. uh, we just looked after the system. Yeah. I knew that this operation is so good because I worked so long mm -hmm. for the corporation. So I focused on what I was doing. Yeah. So it started improving, sales were growing, and the, the whole room was growing fast. How did you improve sales and, and get all these people to come to the store when initially they didn't want to come in? Uh, it's very simple, top-line sales. Number one, um, you get into your business and work on the floor mm -hmm. and so on and also whoever you meet you engage with them and you explain them and show them um, McDonald's how we operate uh, how is the system yeah. running inside the kitchen mm -hmm. we showed them everything I started doing store tours uh, those days you you're allowed to do those yeah. things yeah. not anymore a uh, store tours and the birthday parties so uh, we train people differently. Yeah. So it was a novelty for the broom uh, community. Mm -hmm. So it's like word to mouth. Yeah. If you're a dad or mom and you're happy, the kid, you know, when your uh, children are happy, you're happy, you go and tell someone else. Yeah, someone else. Word of so, mouth. Yeah, word of yeah. mouth. So we build it up very heavy. I was there almost five years. So 50 year store was running like number one. Every year we got an award, outstanding award, or a drive-through award, um, that sort of stuff. So it's you be as an owner-operator, that's why they call you owner-operator or yeah. franchisee. They expect you to be on the floor and make sure uh, we put people before profits yeah. most of the time, but sometimes the managers misunderstand and do differently. 
Mm-hmm. But that's how I improved my sales, going back to your question. Yeah. Just engaging with your customers, interacting, and also PR, public relations. Yeah. When you talk about PR, was this, I guess, actions that you took or did headquarters help you and assist you with the PR yeah, side of things? headquarters can't come too far, Sydney or uh, Perth, Melbourne. They sent only a rep. I did that job before. Mm-hmm. They sent that gentleman or lady. They come and check all the procedures, whether you are following your people mm-hmm. side of it. Um, as the owner, you have to do everything. Spend, uh, develop, uh, you, got, you know the system. So it's your own investment. Yeah. Yeah. But the top line sales, growing top line sales, that is a skill everyone learn when they come on a business. Mm-hmm. So if you improve the top line sales, you benefit at least 16, 17 items in the P&L, profit mm-hmm. and loss. Yeah. If you focus only one, you don't get the top line sales. Yeah. So you said you were there for in Broome for about five years. Five years. Five years. And then what, what happened next? Did you have the opportunity to move to Because Perth? my children were growing yeah. and the schools were not the best there. Mm-hmm. We want to send them to a private schools. Yeah. So that's one of the main reasons. So the family came, fourth year they came down. Mm-hmm. So they started going to school here. Yeah. Um, so meantime, I still worked there. Then I was working on it to come back here. Every store is for sale for a price. So then I sold that. I got a, a buyer. I mm. sold that to that buyer. He came from Canberra. Yeah. He bought that. He was an ex-McDonald's person. Mm-hmm. He came and took my store. Then we bought Dunkraig here. Dunkraig. Yeah. The Dunkraig store, was that already set up and already set running? Set up. It was a company store then, corporate store. Yeah. Uh, it was badly running at that time. Most of the stores were running. Uh, I'm talking here. 18, 20 years ago, mm. stores were not running very good. Yeah. So we came there again. We did the same, same, uh, you know, same theory. Worked on the floor. Got all my good staff to uh, work with the people. Mm-hmm. Try to understand them. Then we established so good fast. The sales moved fast. Yeah. Um, when I took the store, thirty-five and end up sixty uh, within no time. 60,000 60, a week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 35,000 to 65. With yeah. 100% I improved. Yeah. So that's a performance. Then yeah. they look at how well people work for me. And most of the guys are working 10, 11, 15 years. They don't leave. So when they see that, they know this is this guy is doing the right thing. Yeah. Then we established Dunkraig. Then we went to Mindari. Then come down to Jollymont. Yeah. So three stores in a year we... Achieved with the performance, yeah. Yeah, so with that performance, HQ sort of saw that as... A, yeah, yeah. HQ also, the Perth office. Yeah. Uh, we work very closely with the regional manager, operations consultants, and also I have my own team. Yeah. I got an hierarchy as well, so, yeah. So how many stores do you currently own? Uh, we do have six stores at the moment. Yeah. Uh, all in the north, from yeah. Jundalak to Yanchep. Yeah, we cover that's uh, our area at the moment. So, is there any particular reason why your most of your st- not all your stores are in the north? There is uh, no choice because they love to have you as a patch. Yeah. Your stores are close by. Uh, I used to, yeah, that's the reason I have to sell Jollymon, Dunkraig, and moved that way. Um, that also I didn't accidentally, but I think that's the best choice I ever made. Mm-hmm. Those stores bringing 
over $40 million sales. Wow. So do you think ever in the future you will try expand into south of the river and hopefully take over Perth? No, it doesn't work like that. Oh, no? uh, it doesn't work like that. Some have done that. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm in the north and I'm quite happy. Um, north customers are great customers too. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. And if you want to go to south, you have to sell one or two, then you have to. You can always do anything is possible. I work on that. Yeah. So, but I can't have north and south. It's too far travel time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to become a franchise owner, specifically for McDonald's, do you have to work from within or can an external buyer come in who has no connections with McDonald's whatsoever and says, here's a lump sum of money. Mm -hmm. I want to buy this store. Yep. Let's talk about the first bit, what you asked me. First bit is anyone can come and buy McDonald's. Yep. We call it off the street. Mm -hmm. The people who has money and we have a guy, uh, Darren, he was a regional manager for Emirates or regional director. Mm -hmm. He became a licensee only a year ago or two years ago. Mm -hmm. So you don't need to be uh, working for matters to get store. Mm -hmm. They do recruit from both ends. Yeah. One is off the street, one people like me, which we never had money. Yeah. So we moved through and the corporation helped you to Oh, so from within, the corporation will help you with a certain sum of money to help you with your initial investment. Yeah, it depends on yeah. the performance and the person. Yeah. Once they offer, uh, when they gave us broom, I went on a BFL, Oops. business business finance loan. Yeah. So given to me by the company, mm -hmm. but they charge you 5% on what you borrow. Five top of your 20%. Yeah. So 25% they take. Sorry, could you, uh, I don't really understand. Okay. Corporation takes every dollar, it depends on the rent, 20% yeah. to 30%. Mm -hmm. So if you make a dollar, 30 cents gone or 25 cents gone to the corporation. Okay. Yeah. That consists of system fee, service fee, advertising, uh, rent, etc. So everything, really? Everything, yeah. that's yeah. what I said. So the owner, if he's very efficient operator, he will take 15 cents or 17 cents per dollar. Ah, uh, okay. So, how many people do you employ for your McDonald's chain? Uh, for a store, normally you have, depending on the volume, 100, yeah. 150. Mm -hmm. uh, some stores will end up 100. So, at the moment, we have 700 staff. 700 staff. And these staff includes the, um, the crew, the, I guess, the managers, the operations managers, regional managers. Is no, that, not without uh, managers I'm talking. Crew will... Cr oh, we just have crew, crew 700. 700 in, wow. Uh, it consists of uh, full-time, part-time, casual. Yeah. Then the managers, about 70 managers. 70, wow. 70. Then I got a general manager, three supervisors. Yeah. So do you hire these people yourself or are they provided by HQ and they say, here's the person that... Uh, no, no, they don't provide anything yeah. you have to establish you have to hire them you had to most of them are come from crew yeah my team now my top team mm -hmm. they all come from crew trainers crew um, from the very beginning very beginning so they can jump in and do some stuff uh, if there's a problem on the floor what was the most challenging part about opening these stores in Perth after you're already established and then HQ says something like you know what you're doing a good job you can open another store. Does it come with more challenges each time you open yeah. more stores? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, at the moment, we are going through the same thing. We don't have crew. 
every uh, industry is struggling to get people. Okay. Because the student community is not here. Uh, working holiday visas are not here. Um, what's the other one? Expats, kids are not here. They're all stuck in COVID somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's very difficult to get staff. Yeah. So, and we are retaining at the moment. Uh, meantime, the people try to poach very experienced staff. From other stores? Or not other stores only. I'm talking police, army, um, uh, most, just most of the other yeah, industry. Because yeah, yeah. they know McDonald's got discipline, so they hire them quickly. Wow. Yeah, very high discipline. They go through punctuality, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Wow. A lot has to go into all this. Oh, yeah, though it's an, yeah. Uh, one hamburger, it's a lot of hard work in the kitchen. Yeah. So nowadays, what do you do since you have all these managers working for you that are looking after all this stuff? Hardly anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I look, um, I have recruited a general manager with wealth of experience. Yeah. Uh, I, I make sure that I don't micromanage her. Mm-hmm. I, I've empowered this young lady to do anything, making decisions, mm-hmm. everything. So all I do is visit stores and check the standards, whether they're doing, whether I can pick anything accidentally or even, yeah. Ah, so you just do, root, not routine checks, but random, just yeah, walk through. Yeah, I can go in a drive through like a mystery shopper, like a normal customer, I'll pay for oh. my uh, yeah. burger or something. Yeah, yeah. undercover boss. <laughs> but they know me so oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I heard that you were a store manager when they opened when McDonald's opened the very first McCafe in the world yeah was that so where was this yeah this is Swanson Street McDonald's in Melbourne yeah uh, that was the highest volume store at that time and uh, it's like a benchmark store very difficult to run and I was the first store manager there so Unfortunately, that building took a lot of rent uh, mm-hmm. from the company, uh, very expensive. So my boss came and did a brainstorm session, uh, David Bass. We were sitting, what do we do? What do we do? How do we improve? Mm-hmm. The store was pumping like seven million, eight million, still not enough to meet the demands. Because the rent was so expensive, right? Yeah. By corporate. Yeah. yeah. So. What happened, he came, we all sat around, everyone was throwing, well, let's do this, let's do a coffee, blah, blah, blah. So finally, the same boss said, McCafe. He just spilled that word, I remember still like yesterday. And then everyone looked at each other. I said, let's have a nice shoe shop, put some attractive people to work on that and do stuff on the third floor, yeah. rent that or yeah. third floor. So when everyone started talking about coffee, a lot of them was very negative because coffee, uh, coffee in Melbourne is a culture. Mm-hmm. They don't come to McDonald's to drink coffee. Yeah. We used to have the American corner coffee before. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone said coffee, some were negative. I was positive. I said, whatever you bring, we'll work on it. So we started selling dollar cappuccino. And that's still going on right now as well. Uh, it's time to time they do that. Yeah. But at that time, the coffee was not the best coffee mm-hmm. because they're starting. Yeah. Uh, now you can look at those Mac cafes, gone, very sophisticated. Some of the cafes are, and it's very good coffee at the moment. Yeah. When, when the team thought of the idea of McCafe, how long did that take before it was put into action and it started 
you guys started selling coffee? Uh, maybe four to six weeks. It's we fast. talked about it four to six weeks. Um, yeah, we opened the first Mac Cafe in uh, 1993 in Melbourne, Swanson Street. So when this McCafe first opened up, were there a lot of business, people coming in to buy coffee, to try it out? Yes and no, because uh, they had lots of mama's, papa's coffee around there. So, so a lot of coffee areas yeah. around there. So the, our coffee was cheap, so all the cheap customers were coming yeah. dollar coffee. Mm. So it took, took a while. Uh, meantime, they started working on the marketing Mm-hmm. of the emblem, the McCafe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so this idea that the owner of that store came up with, did it have to go through a lot of procedures through corporate HQ before you guys were able to implement it? It was a corporation store, company oh, store, that really store. I store. always worked for the company store. Yeah. It was easy. My regional manager put through to the board and board said, yes, let's try one. Mm-hmm. That's how they did. So it was so successful, they opened the second, third, then started improving the brand. How long did it take to open the second McCafe from when you first opened the first McCafe? If I can recall, maybe within six months, they started the six second months, one. Six second one, and then it exponentially yeah. grew yeah. out. Wow. For McDonald's builders or the designers already there. Yeah. So they have an idea what to do, so they keep changing. What would you say your favorite item on the menu is? Oh, they got so many, but I always prefer a filet, a filet of fish. I love, uh, I used to eat the chicken before, Yeah. but I come back to either chicken wrap or a filet of fish. Mm-hmm. Oh, so filet of fish, probably the best one. Yeah. So McDonald's is a fast food chain, but it's also in the food industry. What is the toughest part about working in the food industry? It's a very fast-paced job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be so quick, so fast. Um, that's the most important thing, working in McDonald's. The challenge is you got to think fast. you got to do things faster. You have to be on your feet all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, now that you, you have all these people working for you now, there's a lot of stress off, your, off you now, but what still keeps you, I guess, up at night? What are you worried about? No, still the stress is there because when you have seven, eight hundred staff working for you 24-7, anything could go wrong anytime. And safety is number one priority for mm-hmm. us, the mm-hmm. very heavy safety rules we have. So the stress is always there. However, I don't do a lot, a lot of stuff because people do it for me. Yeah. So do you do anything else now um, with your time? I still do my self-development stuff. Uh, listen to a lot of good stuff and because of COVID we couldn't do it we as a family we go to a lot of seminars self-development and stuff yeah to keep uh, keep my children also you know mm. to motivate it oh, yeah on top of it do you have any other hobbies I, I normally read books before I go to sleep or yeah. get up in the morning time to time that's not happening now uh, otherwise, I get involved in charities, a lot of charity stuff, mm-hmm. like RMHC, Ronald McDonald House of yeah. Um, yeah. Charities, and also Bike Ride, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff uh, yeah. I'm involved. Yeah, and I believe you recently opened up a foundation, Om, Om Shanti Foundation as well? Yeah, yeah. that was uh, born two, three years ago, I believe. Um, started, then I thought, 
we should take this to a next level. Mm -hmm. Then my children joined yeah. and Gareth and Tamara. So they, they took it to a next level. Mm -hmm. So I quite enjoy that. Giving is one of my uh, uh, important priority. I yeah. always believe. Yeah. Uh, could you give us a background on Om Shanti Foundation? Om Shanti Foundation was born. Um, the name, of course, Shanti is my name. And yeah. Home is very spiritual word, you know that, um, in Hindu, mm -hmm. home. So I was doing a lot of charities without a name before, going there, feeding uh, the poor ladies or children, that sort of stuff. Then a friend of mine told me, don't do anything in Colombo, capital. Why don't you go to North? Because North was hit by a big war, 35 years war. Mm -hmm. So most of them are widows. Mm -hmm. They have two, three children running around and no men in the house and no jobs. Um, there's no doll, uh, unlike Australia, they don't get any money. Mm -hmm. So I went and saw that and I was with an Australian, another friend. So we felt very bad. We want to do something really good. So that's how we come back to Colombo for sitting and trying to work out a um, model. Then when my children got involved, they came with the idea like micro business, so we don't take the money back. We sponsor a cow or chickens or coconut tree. Mm -hmm. So they roll that money and live out of that. So a coconut tree, for example, it takes five years to give the fruits. Yeah. And the coconut tree lives 65, 70 years. Mm -hmm. So that's enough for them to sell the coconut by books, by food, groceries. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. So, so you invest in, I guess, agriculture, um, and yeah. in a way, and then you give yeah. that to them for them yeah. to take care of, to look after, and yeah. then they because we couldn't give them money every time. Yeah, we don't have the money, not a yeah. bank. So, we thought if we can do that to them, they can, you know, self-sustain. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really good idea. So what can we do in Australia that would be able to help out um, Shanti or any other foundations? Yeah, know? that's a good question. Every year we, we have a function, it's called Om Shanti Foundation. Um, we have a, either cocktails or a party or a gala night yeah. or something, we call it a function. Mm -hmm. And we put a show on that. I get a lot of stuff half price. Mm. Um, and also we put lots of uh, Sri Lankan street food. They yeah. cook on the spot there. Yeah. So it's a novelty for, uh, unlike Indian food, Sri Lankan food, you can't see everywhere here. Yeah. So we do that and we sell raffles and we have auction items. Mm. So we bring some guys to do the auction. Yeah. Then singers through my uh, kids, friends, mm -hmm. um, dancers, yeah. they all volunteer. Yeah. Some of them charge you minimum fee. Yeah. Uh, but we feed them, unlike yeah. the other function you yeah, go to, yeah. we feed them a lot. Yeah. And McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> so we feed them enough food and drinks. Yeah. Um, we want them to come back. So yeah. every function we get the same sort of people repeat, yeah, uh, repeating. Yeah. yeah. And when's your next function? We're supposed to have one on next week, next Saturday, but we have to cancel with some uh, issues there. So we are waiting to give more time to organize another one in either September or maybe October. October, yeah. I have another charity function right for sick kids. Mm -hmm. As soon as that finish, following week, I don't mind if my kids are 
happy to do that if they have the time. Yeah. Uh, we'll do that and we'll get about 150 people. Yeah. So we collect, I think last time we collected 20, uh, once we did 20,000, another uh, month we did 10,000. We do some, this is all my children's idea, cookery class, they did a cooking class. So yeah. that bought some money. Yeah. Um, everything they do, there's little money coming. If I collect thousand dollars, that's a big money in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Hundred thousand rupees or more. Mm -hmm. So that'll feed them. And also we are employing a lady there. She also came from very poor background. Oh, so you employ someone in Sri Lanka? In Sri Lanka. Yeah. She looks after our interest and very strict and very smart woman. Yeah. Do you have any advice for students or anyone who is interested in moving into the food business or becoming a <coughs> franchise owner? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, McDonald's is one of the best business in the world. Mm -hmm. It's come up top five. I'm not talking about food business only. Just business in general. Business in general. Yeah. Uh, we are talking a lot of criteria, profitability, lifestyle, um, tax things. So McDonald's sitting there. So if anybody want to join McDonald's, it's not going to be easy. Mm -hmm. Even if they have money, they're not going to give it to you. Um, you have to come with a background that you can handle the persistence um, and also McDonald's expect consistency. They mm -hmm. check on your adaptability, yeah. energy level, motivational. Those things are important. Mm -hmm. You can have lots of money and if you don't look after the staff there, we are working with 14, 15, 16 year olds. Yeah. So, yeah, we are dealing with lots of parents there. Mm, that's very important. Top five in the world. Yeah, it is. It is. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, I, I, I personally didn't know that as well. I always saw McDonald's as just a fast food chain. Yeah, the stigma is there still. Yeah. Oh, McDonald's, Maccas. When you grow after 18, 20 year old, you don't go to eat at Maccas every time. It depends what you eat. Yeah. It's a treat. Yeah, definitely. It's a luxury. Yeah, luxury. Yeah. Um, as someone who has been quite interested in thinking about moving into the franchise business in the future, how can someone like me move into that business when there are so many more experienced people and it's just very competitive? It's a very valid question. Um, anybody can have a McDonald's. However... It's so difficult to get a Macca's, I understand. There is a queue. When, I'll give my scenario. When I want to be a licensee, there's about six to 700 people on the queue. Mm -hmm. The difference between myself and them was, I always believe in whatever your mind, believe and conceive, can achieve. Yeah. So that's the only thing I did. I didn't worry about competition. I didn't worry about people around me. I didn't do anything wrong to them. I just focus what I want in life, what, mm -hmm. what really I do want in life. Mm -hmm. I did not focus what I don't want in life. If you think, oh, why would they take you? Um, you got to cut the negativity, the whatever comes in between. Mm -hmm. um, then you can have it. Anything is possible. So, so it's more. Don't think about. Everybody else, just focus on yourself. And focus just on focus yourself. On You've got to be self-centered. Uh, it's a good self-centered thing. Yeah. Um, do you want something? You put on your blueprint or to the universe. It'll bring it back to you so fast. Yeah. But even then, I guess 
when you first joined McDonald's back 30 something years ago, McDonald's in Australia was still quite small, it was developing, right? But now it's pretty much a very developed franchise yeah. already, right? So, yep, you're right there, 100% right. Uh, very hard to get a store. Uh, if I'm selling this, somebody else is their next door neighbor, he's my other licensee friend want to buy, they don't mm. give it to uh, RA, registered applicant. Yeah. Having said that, it happens all the time. Yeah. It depends on the person, yeah. how they think, uh, what they want. Mm. So can you choose who to sell it to? Or is it you tell HQ, I want to sell this, and then HQ tells you? You're right, the second bit, yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah. you can't choose who you can sell you it to. You can't just sell it to somebody. They have to approve you from the corporation. Then they send you to 10 months training, no pay. You have to go through people like us, you come and work with us. The crew. Yeah, and, and we then. just run like uh, everyone else. Then 10th month, you, you're fast-tracked. You get everything, five-year stuff in a year. Yeah. Because you have the money and you have the ability. Uh, you got the drive. And they then see they, how you've performed. Yeah, then yeah. they gave you, give you a store somewhere. And if you refuse to go, you don't get any more. Oh, so they tell you... They choose. Yeah, this is the location you're given. If you don't want it, just let us know. We can't cater yeah. you, we can't give you another store. Yeah, they can't promise because whatever comes first, they will say, okay, you're going to Broome from Melbourne. I have to go to Broome. Yeah. 6,000 kilometers, I yeah. took the family. It's like a big risk. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's McDonald's wants. Because, you know, Ray Kroc, the founder, always said that. You got to be very persistent and... He was a good uh, entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time. I'm sure a lot of students have been very interested in what you have said today. And uh, thank you for having me in the uh, interview. Well, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome.